3 in Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 8. The Bible says, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. You can be seated. If the Lord would help us for a little while this morning, I want to preach on what we see in a tree. I need to preach it quick to get through. I don't know if I'm going to get through all of them or not, but I need you to hear quick so I can preach it quick. Uh, notice with me, first of all, in verse number 8, as we walk through the text, and then I'll share with you what God's gave uh, my heart about the tree. Notice with me, we notice in verse number 8, there is a falsehood of Satan. He's always been a liar, and he always will be a liar. Somebody ought to say amen. Notice the fallacy of his temptation. Yes, sir. Uh, he, he lied. He lied to Eve and he lied to Adam. And he's still lying to young men and women in our day. There is, but in the verse, there is a, he promised safety. Satan did. He promised smarts. He promised, he said, if, if you'll take of this tree, God does know. And he began to give them all this that they were going to understand. So he promised smarts. He promised a seat at the table. He said, you'll be as God. And so he's a liar. He's, he's always been a liar. But then notice, not just the falsehood of Satan, the folly of sinners. The Bible says this, they, they hid themselves from the Father of lights. They hide from the fountain of life. There's nothing that you, there's nowhere you can go that you can hide from God. And sinners today are still trying to hide from God. Notice the fear of sin. He said that their hands were joined in marriage, but their hands joined together could not comfort each other. It could not castle or fortify each other. They could not hold their hands. Their hands had just been joined in marriage, but joining hands would not provide comfort, would not provide castle, would not provide cleansing. It was the fear of sin that it brought into their life. But then God steps on the scene. And he tells them about the future of the son. Hey, man, the Bible says they heard the voice of God walking. And the Bible said when they heard him walking, they hid themselves amongst the trees. I thought about it when I was reading Martin Luther uh, the other day. I don't read a lot behind him, but I, he, he says some good things once in a while. And uh, Brother Martin Luther said this. He said, the gospel of Jesus Christ is not just written in the pages of the Bible, but in the flowers and in the trees. And so that got me to thinking, I want to see what we can see as we trace what God has done by way of trees through the Bible. Notice with me in our text in Genesis 3.8, we see number one, a sinful man behind the tree. The provision of salvation. Notice. 
Uh, excuse me, notice with me in your Bible, it says they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day and Adam and his wife hid themselves, uh, amen, hid themselves behind the tree. They sewed fig leaves together and they made themselves aprons. They hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, verse 8, amongst the trees of the garden. Before the fall, Adam and Eve were innocent. They had no need of clothing. There was no shame because of sin. They knew only good. It's different from being redeemed. They were just innocent, had no knowledge of evil. And that by sinning, they plunged not only themselves, but as representative of all human race. All of us now have been plunged under the same condemnation nation. And now sin and shame has wrecked lives and ruined lives. But this sin had ruined them. And just like them, man seeks to hide their sin, cover up their sin, make excuse for that. I feel like preaching now. Amen. Oh yes. They feel like hiding their sin, covering up their sin, blaming others for sin. I mean, he blamed God. He said, it's that woman you gave me. <laughs> Woo, I feel like preaching right there, man. It ain't, it ain't your wife's fault you like you are. Say amen. Hey, it ain't your husband's fault you like you are. Hey? We just all corrupt. Man, it's sinful. And uh, as sure as we're sinful, we need a Savior. And the best way thing I can tell you is quit hiding among the trees Quit hiding behind, quit making excuses, quit trying to blame everybody else. Because the Bible says that the sin had alienated them from God. And just like them, so we sometimes try to hide, cover up, make excuse, blame others for sin. But then man is confronted by God. In verse 8, the Bible said they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden on the cool of the day. Think about this. They heard the voice walking. That's when it got thick on me the other day. They heard the voice of walking. They just didn't hear the voice. They heard the voice walking. So think about this. The voice of the God of heaven, in other words, the word of God is God incarnate in flesh. And no man has seen God. God is The only way we know God is Jesus. And Jesus came pre-incarnate before he was born in Bethlehem. He would have a walking fit in the garden with Adam and Eve. Now, I don't know. Listen, God even had sense. He don't like heat. He walked in the cool of the day. Somebody say Amen. Amen. And he's walking with man in the cool of the day. He knows. He knows the sin they committed. Nothing takes God by surprise. I told somebody another day, I told him down there this morning, has it ever occurred to you that nothing's ever occurred to God? This didn't take God by surprise. He knew man was going to do what man was going to do. But the Bible said he came walking and they heard the word in flesh. They, heard, they saw a pre-incarnate, a 
appearance of Christ. They saw Jesus, amen, coming and walking in the garden. Amen. They heard the voice walking. And the reason he came down to walk in the garden, amen, he had to redeem them back in the fellowship so he could keep walking with them. And Jesus came down from glory and died on a rugged tree so we who are alienated could be confronted by a holy God and and convicted and converted and then restored and we could once again walk with God. He shows us what He's going to do in the future. He didn't come just as His judge and jury. He come to redeem man. He come to make sure that lamb died. He came, thank God, to confront him. And, and, and notice this, man's determination brought on by God. I, I told him down there in, in the Sunday school room, there's an old French uh, saying, a good meal starts by great hunger. I think that was exactly what he said. A good meal starts by hunger. And that's the way God does. When he comes uh, to deal with the heart, uh, he creates a hunger in there for something that the world can't satisfy. Bud Dummer can't satisfy it. Miller Low Life can't satisfy it. Y'all might as well say amen because it, it's right now is the easy part. We're fixing to get rough. Amen. Amen. We ain't changing up. Right? I'm talking about God that confronts you with your sin produces a hunger to the point you say there's got to be more the, to life than this life I'm living. I, I mean, I'm partying. I'm going to bed miserable. I'm worried about waking up. I wake up the next morning. I hit reset, work all day, party all night. And maybe that ain't been your life. I hope it ain't. But I was there. I lived it. I thought, man, this is miserable. Is this all there is to life? And one day I seen somebody actually be happy they were saved. I seen the old man of God preach on every sin I ever committed and I got a holy confrontation with a holy God and showed me that I was wrong and sinful and I remember coming to the altar having nothing to offer God I felt like I came had my pockets out and said Lord nothing do I bring and it's like that old song simply to the cross I cling and that day God changed me and saved me and that's what's happening uh, to Adam he's producing a hunger he's not asking Adam because he don't know the answer he's asking Adam for him to take inventory and to see where he's at uh, and see where sin has taken him uh, instead of walking he's hiding uh, instead of fellowship and he's alienated oh and ain't that what God did to you uh, he came to you one day uh, and showed you how lost she was uh, how separated from God she was uh, and you was hiding in the trees of this old world. Amen. But thanks be unto God. Jesus came to die on a tree to redeem you and me. Well, bless the Lord, my soul. I'm glad I'm saved today. I'm, I'm about to have a fit. Amen. 
Thank God for saving my soul. And he didn't come down there just to be the judge and jury, but to give a proclamation that one day there will be a remedy because there's going to be a seed. And it's not of man. That's where the man, the seed's in the man. He said, but there's going to come a seed of a woman. And he's going to take that head serpent and he's going to bruise that head. Amen. And he's going to redeem mankind. Hallelujah. I say glory. Hey, if you're there hiding among the trees of this world, and trying to cover up sin and fess up sin. I'm glad there's a God that'll go to your tree and go to your head and speak to your heart and just like He redeemed them and restored fellowship for them, He'll do it for you. He done it for me and it's no respect to a person. I think sometimes He saved me just to show everybody if He got me, He could save anybody. Amen. The first prophecy of the cross is in this same text. Not only did he judge the serpent, made him eat dust. Not only did he judge a woman, and we've seen it with Jordan, with much travail, women at birth. Did he judge man, sweaty of face. You're going to have to labor every day. But thank God he did pronounce judgment. But just as sure as he pronounced judgment, he pronounced a way for forgiveness. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank God. Hallelujah. You see, the first Adam was a living soul, but the last Adam is a quickening spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Howbeit that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward that which is spiritual. That's what 1 Corinthians 15 says. Amen. Hallelujah. The first Adam sinned by way of a tree, but the last Adam is going to save by a tree. Oh, Lord. Amen. What Adam messed up, the last Adam, Jesus, is going to fix up. Oh, I'm about to die. Somebody needs to run. I need my pinch hitter. Somebody. Amen. Thank God. Adam. Amen, Brother Craig. Amen. Hallelujah. Hey, Adam ruined us in a garden. But Jesus fixed us up in a garden. Woo! I say amen. Hallelujah. That's a sinner man hid behind a tree. Number two, go with me in your Bible. <laughs> I can move on since somebody ran for me. Look in Luke chapter 19. Amen. Look in Luke 19. I was, about, I was about to have to take time to run. Thank God. Look in Luke chapter 19. I love this story. It's a famous story. It's a familiar story. Don't let your familiarity with the text. Y'all know this little story. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore. Amen. That's where we at, Luke chapter 19. And hear this Bible. Notice what the Bible says in Luke 19, verse number 1. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was chief among the publicans and was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up in to a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And Genesis 3, we saw a sinful man. And he's hiding behind a tree. In this one we see a seeking man and he's ran up a tree. Has anybody been coon hunting in the house? Lift your hand. Hey man, the hounds of conviction have run this boy. Woo! Right up the tree. I want you to notice what the Bible says about him. Hey man, I'm going to get called up. I'm just glad to be at church. Hey man. The Bible calls him a publican. Now, in your Bible, everybody knows by way of history, and if you studied your Bible, have I got any Bible readers in the house? Can you say amen? 
The Bible tells us that Zacchaeus was a publican. Now, he's a tax collector for Rome. He betrayed his own people and worked for the Roman IRS. <laughs> Amen. I guess y'all love them too. Amen. I love the Roman IRS. And he's, he's collecting money for them. He was given the distinct title, notice this, in your Bible, chief among the publicans. That's not given to anybody else. And in other words, the only time this word is used in your Bible in reference to a publican, the only time chief is used is when it's talking about Zacchaeus. So what is a publican? He's a trader. He's a tax collector. He works for the local tax office. Most, most all tax collectors and this day, probably our day, at this day were crooks and cons and, and cheats. Y'all might as well say amen. Amen, hallelujah, con and a chief. But notice the Bible said he was chief publican. He's the head honcho con. There's no bigger cheaters. There's no bigger schemers. And we know he's a cheat because he's going to confess when he gets saved that he's took people and took people more money than he's supposed to take and he's going to have to restore it fourfold. So we know he's a con. We know he's a cheat. And, and y'all know that song. But what created a desire that caused him to go up the tree? I don't know and you don't know. But we know in this Bible that it's not a sinner who seeks God. It is God. God who seeks the sinner. Now you say, preacher, you just said there's a seeking man up a tree. I did. Remember our first mentioned principle when understanding biblical interpretation. What, what holds true when it's first mentioned carries true all the way to the end of the Bible. You can bank on with that first mentioned principle all through the Bible. The first time there's a sinner, God comes looking for him and God calls his name. Ain't you glad he hadn't changed today? He comes looking for sinners when they're not looking for him. <laughs> I might have to have one little running fit. Amen. And so God still does it today. Would y'all say amen now? What caused him to seek the Lord? What caused him to run up that tree? Well, conviction, no doubt. But you got to think, who has been following the Lord for three and a half years? Matthew the publican. He's a tax collector. And we don't know, and you don't know it ain't so. So, amen. Don't argue with me after church. I can't, I don't have a Bible verse, but somebody told him about Jesus. Somebody has done got a hold of him. It might have been Matthew. I quit. I'm not taking up taxes. Jesus called me to follow him. I'm leaving everything. Peter even tells us they forsake everything that they might follow the Lord. He left his office. He left his position. He left his purse and he followed the Lord. And so maybe it was him quitting. Maybe it was him testifying. But something has got Zacchaeus up a tree. Now you say, preacher, come on now. You're reading in the story. But in verse 10, he makes it plain. Look at verse 10. For the Son of Man, what does it say? Has come to seek, what does it say? And to save. Amen. The Lord clears it up for us in verse 10 that it was him that was doing the seeking. Amen. You remember that day God used somebody to witness to you? You probably just went to church to shut them up. <laughs> 
Hey, man, you probably just went to church because uh, they wouldn't leave you alone. Somebody, hey, man, influenced you and dealt with your heart and caused you to long for the Lord. Here's a man not hiding among the trees. Here's a man climbing the tree. He's searching because Jesus had already came seeking. And now, thank God, the Bible says it's as if, it's as if he knows exactly where he is because he comes right to the tree. And if you read in Luke 19, I won't take the time, but it says, it gives you the impression that he sees him, he comes to him, he calls him, the Bible says. He knows him, he calls him by name, and then he says, I want to go to your house. And so Zacchaeus up here searching for what Matthew had, searching for what others have had. He's tired of being a crook. He's tired of being a con. He's searching, so he runs up a tree. And then why he's hid up that tree. He's treed like them coon dogs do. Hey, he's hid up. He's, he's up there in that tree. And he's among the leaves. And the Lord comes to him. Boy, thank God. And I can see him now. He's coming to me. He's coming to me. Oh, hallelujah. He looks at me. He sees me. Hey, thank God. He knows me. He called me by name. He wants me. He wants me to come down. He's going home with me. I was, I was just as surprised. I can't believe the Lord wanted old dirty, rotten, hell-deserving sinner like me, but I sure am glad he took somebody that was a God-cursor, adulterer, fornicator, I mean, a doper, a, I mean, full of hell itself, and God saved me and changed me and put me into the family of God. God seeks those who are lost, and he seeks those who admit their loss. Amen. And there's a great desire in Zacchaeus. This is going to be a great day. Notice what the Bible said in verse number 8. Zacchaeus stood and, and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, he's, he's saved now. He's at the house with him. He said, To half of my goods, I give to the poor. If I've taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. Here is a man who is raised around Jewish culture, a Jew working for the Rome, uh, Romans. Uh, everybody knew he was a crook and a con. Everybody knew he was a, th- a thief. Uh, and now the Lord is at the house with him, and there needs to be a testimony. And so God, hey man, probably spoke to his heart. He gives word of testimony. It does people good to hear your testimony. Thank God we have verse number eight. It's the testimony of Zacchaeus. We know without a doubt. Zacchaeus is born again by what we see in verse number 8. Hey man, he testifies. He said, if I've stole anything by false accusation, he said, I'll restore it fourfold. Now the law required five unless there was a lamb involved. Ain't you glad there's a lamb involved? Amen. Hallelujah. And now there's a lamb involved. He follows the law and he says, he says, I will restore it fourfold. Thank God for this great desire. But thank God for the great difference that we see in verse number eight. And can you imagine this? This Jew is going to take his own money that he was brought in, that, that amount that he took more than the Roman government required, and he's going to give it out to the poor. It's what the Bible said. And he said, if I stole it, I'm going to give it fourfold, but I'm going to take the rest of it, and I'm going to give it to the poor. I believe that's what got a hold of blind Bartimaeus. I believe that's what caused him to start crying out for the Lord. I believe all through the Bible, it was a testimony that worked on different people's heart. And Zacchaeus gives it all away. I'm not saying you got to give everything you have away, but I am going to say when Jesus moves in your heart, hey man, and fills your 
your longing need and takes up that God-sized empty hole that's in you and satisfies your thirst and your hunger, you'll, you'll be willing to do anything he tells you to do. Amen. Can you imagine that? Here's a man. It would have broke the Roman system. It would have broke if, if more of them would have got saved. But thank God Jesus came seeking a sinner who was searching for truth. There's a searching man up a tree. There is a sinful man behind a tree. Take your Bible, look in John chapter number 1. Look in John chapter number 1 and verse number 48. Hey, man, thank God for John chapter 1 and verse number 48. Nathaniel, y'all remember Nathaniel. He saith unto him, Whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. Here is a sincere man who's under the tree. Not, not a sinful man behind a tree. Not a searching man up a tree. This right here is a sincere man under a tree. He's got some doubts about the Lord. He's got some disbelief about the Lord. And But thank God before the story's over, he's going to discover something about the Lord. The day following, the Bible said in, verse, in verses 43 through 46, the day following Jesus would go forth into Galilee. He findeth Philip and saith unto him, follow me. Philip was of Bethsaida, so the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip findeth Nathaniel and saith unto him, we found him. They they're witnessing to him. They're, they're, they're sharing what God has showed them. And they go find Nathaniel and said, look, we found him whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write. It's Jesus of Nazareth. He's the son of Joseph. And Nathaniel said, can there be any good thing that come out of Nazareth? Philip said, well, all I know today is come and see. Amen. You don't have to, you don't have to, you can't save them. But you can go out and witness to them. It's your job to stock the pond. It's the Holy Ghost's job to fish them out. Say amen. Amen. That's right. Hallelujah. Amen. And the, the Bible says, they say, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? That's being born on the wrong side of the track. There's nothing, it wasn't nothing to brag about to be from Nazareth. Amen. He said, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? I'm glad there is something good that came out of Nazareth. Amen. My Savior came out of Nazareth. Amen. Hallelujah. And Nathaniel opposes Jesus from the standpoint of the, of the lineage. He said, look, uh, he's from the wrong side of the track. And so he comes in disbelief. Jesus saw Nathanael in verse 47 coming to him and says to Nathanael, Behold, an Israelite. He, he, he calls him out. He said, I know you're an Israelite. An Israelite in whom there is no guile. Nathanael said, Whence knowest thou me? How do you know me? I, I, just, like to, I just like to say this. You may have been sincere in your religion. But you can sincerely be wrong and die and go to hell. I ain't never seen folks so sincere that they strap a bomb to their chest. Am I right? And blow the, and, and, and have their kids. One of my buddies tried to help a, a, a woman with her baby. And all the platoon come over there where he was. And she blew her baby up and killed my buddy. Them people are sincere. But they're sincerely wrong. They're believing a lie. 
They think being martyrs going to get them to heaven. Hey, God don't want you to die for him. He died for you. Old Testament, the sheep die for the shepherd. But thank God in the New Testament, the shepherd die for the sheep. Hallelujah. Woo! Thank you, Lord. Hey, man, I feel like calling recess. That's my favorite subject anyway. Hey, man, let's call recess and shout a while. Thank God for Jesus' sake that you can be sincere. I know people that are sincere. They go and get a little cookie put on their mouth by a man who calls himself father and dresses like my mother and hides behind chicken wire. Say amen. 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 Sincere wrong. Wrong. Mary don't have nothing. She was a vessel. She had to call the Lord, Lord, just like the rest of us do. She wasn't immaculately conceived. Our Savior was the born of us. Is everybody okay? Hey, don't listen to these lies, like Confucius and Buddha. Oh, I know they're sincere. They do good. Well, bless their heart. You can eat all the vegetables and uh, all you want. It ain't going to get you to heaven. Amen. I mean, folks are starving to death over yonder because they're afraid to eat grandma. They think grandma's a cow out yonder. They got T-bones walking around starving. I don't want to feed them nothing. Somebody say amen. I feel like preaching now. God help. We're, we ain't fighting Methodists over there. We're fighting Islamic terrorists, Muslims. Everybody okay? It's preaching time Sunday morning. Thank God for some. I got enough military in here. I'll be all right. Say amen. Thank God for the truth. You can be sincere, but be wrong. Boy, listen, I know people that were sincere and an old dead church I went to. I mean, they were sincere. They was there Sunday morning, Sunday night. They went in that baptism hole as a dry center, come out a wet center. My, my Michael was there. I was 12 years old. Shook the preacher's hand. I, I mean, did everything I thought you were supposed to do. I thought church was a place you went to sleep. I thought it was a place when you could take God's name in vain on the, on the front step. I never seen nobody get saved, did we, brother? We never seen it. I mean, we just thought shaking hand. I'm a member. And they were people. What breaks my heart is they are they were sincere. But if you don't repent, if you don't ask Jesus to save your soul, you can be sincere and die and go to hell. You can acknowledge the facts in your head. But if you don't repent and ask Jesus in your heart, you'll miss heaven by about 18 inches. Is everybody all right? That's the truth, amen. And, and see, he, he assented. To the facts. But he rejected Jesus because where he came from. Boy, I'm glad Jesus don't reject us no matter where we come from. Your mom and daddy could have thrown you away. Jesus picked you up. You could have had a family that didn't even know you. Boy, Jesus love on you. You could have been born on the wrong side. When I got saved, I didn't even have pocket change in my pocket. Every good thing that's ever happened to me has come by way of preaching and the Lord saving my soul. If there's any good thing in me, it's by the grace of God. If there's any good thing in any of us, it's the grace of God. And Nathaniel's over there and he's sincere, brother. He's underneath them fig trees. And when they start witnessing to him, they say, well, hey, I just want you to know, uh, I just don't believe anything good could come out of Nazareth. And he went ahead and went with him. When he gets to where Jesus is at, he finds out Jesus knows all about him. He said, I saw you before Philip found you and you was underneath that fig tree. A sincere man under a tree. I'm going to tell you something, friend. Oh, listen to me. You can be sincere, wrong, 
and go to hell. I hope y'all believe that. I need to move on. Does everybody agree with that? Amen. God help. Before the foundation of the world, Jesus knew the day that boy was going to come to him. He, in other words, he knows all about you. He knows all your past. He knows your family. He knows your heritage. He knows whether you're a Jew or a Gentile. He knows everybody in here, knows everything you've ever done, and still loves you, and still went to Calvary for you. My God, have mercy. Amen. He called him an Israelite in whom was no God. He said, I know you're sincere, and I know your heritage. But I'm going to tell you, he said, how do you know me? Here's what he was doing. Jesus was referring back to Jacob, who was known the ancestor of the Jews. He was a schemer. He was a wrestler. But when he got right with God, they changed his name to Israel. And then his 12 sons became the 12 tribes of it. Is, is everybody with me? And he's reminded him. He said, look, I know, your, I know your forefather is Israel. I know he's the prince of God. I know who he is. But you've got to come on the same ground as everybody else does. Amen. Amen. And then he discovered who he was. Nathaniel answered and said, Rabbi, thou art, verse 49, thou art the son of God. Thou art the king of Israel. <laughs> you see, that fig tree is a type of Israel. The vine is a symbol of Israel's spiritual privileges. The fig tree is a symbol of the national privileges. And the olive tree is a symbol of the religious privileges. He said, I know who you are. I, I know who you are, but you're going to have to come and confess. You're going to have to admit I am the Messiah that Moses is talking about. Hanging out on the fig tree ain't ever helped nobody. Fig leaf couldn't hide and find refuge and find rest for Adam and Eve. Am I right about it? And when Jesus went to the fig tree it was fruitless and so he cursed it and now he's hid on the fig tree and he's fixing to find the rest and the refuge and the remedy he's been looking for it wasn't under that national fig tree that symbol of who you are and your heritage that ain't where you're going to find it you're not going to find it by tradition of the fathers you're not going oh, to you're not going to find it just because grandma was a good saint the only way you're going to find it is you're going to have to personally acknowledge who I am. And it's when he realized he knew him, he confessed. And he said, Rabboni. And he said, Thou art the Son of God, the King of Israel. Amen. Many admire him by fact. Amen. But they don't confess him as a forgiven Savior. Amen. Then look in 1 Peter chapter number 2, verse number 24. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse number 24. Amen. Boy, I'm glad. Ain't God good? Woo! Amen. 1 Peter chapter number 2 and verse number 24. Notice what the Bible says. Who his own self bear our sins. He's talking about Jesus. In his own body, on the tree, that we being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. This is not a sinful man hid behind the tree. This is not a searching man run up a tree. This is not just a sincere man who was wrong until he met the Savior under a tree. This is the sinless man on the tree. Boy, ain't you glad he went to the tree for you and me. 
I can't hardly think about him being on that tree without thinking about that crowd that said, if you are the Son of God, save yourself and come down and we'll believe you. But ain't you glad he didn't save himself? Because if he'd have saved himself, he couldn't have saved us. Thank God he gave himself. So that, oh, hallelujah. Amen. A death is certain, judgment sure. Sin's the cause, and Christ is the only cure. Amen. Amen. The World Health Organization don't have a vaccine for sin. Amen. It's going to have to be Jesus. Amen. Notice what the Bible said in this word, this vicarious atonement, him dying on the tree. He says he bare our sins. That word there, bear, literally means, it means to carry or to take up the load of another. Aren't you glad? that he took up your load of sins. Aren't you glad he died in your place as our substitute? Ain't you glad he took our place, our problem, our pain, our poverty, our penalty? He suffered our hell. I know he physically suffered. No movie can portray it. As good as Mel Gibson wanted to do it, he couldn't do it. The Isaiah said that he was unrecognizable on the cross. Psalmist said that every bone, every bone was out of joint. The Gospels tell us that to, that to read, that they mocked and made like it was a scripture, they beat those two to three inch thorns inside of his head. Every bone, this bone, these bones, Every bone's out of joint. He's so thirsty, his tongue's cleaving to his mouth. They ganged around him like the bulls of Bashan, according to the sun. And the Bible said it was for no sin of his own. There wasn't even guile in his mouth. He did that for every time you cussed his name, every time you thought a bad thought, everything. He just didn't take your sin. The Bible said he became sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteous of God. He vicariously, uh, viciously suffered bearing our sins on the tree that we deserve because cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. Oh, I'm so glad today. I'm so glad he died in my place. I'm so grateful we don't wear crucifix because he ain't on the cross. Amen. The cross is empty. He, amen. He left behind his grave clothes uh, just to show us uh, that he defeated death, hell, and the grave. Oh church I'm telling you he took your load for you and said because God is holy and he can't just give mercy without paying a debt. He can't say Father forgive them if he don't assume their debt and so he assumed all of our debt and now says Father forgive them. The law demanded justice and grace said Fulfill it with my love. Amen. And God so loved that he died for your sin and mine. And man, we'll get moved by Disney. We'll get moved by TV series. But when we think about Calvary, we don't even flinch. But friend, listen, that wasn't the worst thing. Well, the worst thing is when God hung a curtain and wouldn't let the sun shine for three hours and the dogs didn't bark and the birds didn't chirp. It was Egypt dark and God 
to unleash all of hell and all of heaven's wrath and poured it on your Oh, thank you, Lord, for our sake. And he suffered an eternity in hell for me and for every sinner that will ever get saved in three hours. Compacted at Calvary. He suffered so that I could live. Are y'all listening to this preacher? He literally bare our sin. He bare our judgment. He bare our shame. He became the serpent on the pole. Jesus died. And now, all you got to do is look and live. Because to look, you have to turn away from sin and look at Jesus. That's why he said, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so much the Son of the Man be lifted up. And if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men to me. All you got to do is look and live. I mean, you said, preacher, you don't understand? Sin's wrecked my life. Look, you can be one-eyed and you still look. You can be blind and still look at direction. You can be half crippled. Oh, boy, I feel like preaching. You can be a little bitty young kid and look. You can be 40 years old and look. You can be 90 years old and lived your whole life bit by the serpent of sin. Oh, but the day you look, the moment you look in a repentant heart, hey, the day you look by faith, God will save you, wash you in his blood. Oh, he bare our sins on the tree. Sinless, dying for the sinful. Creator, dying for creation. The Son of God became the Son of Man so the sons of men could become the sons of God. He came down so we could go up. If he hadn't came, we'd have died and went to hell. It's Jesus. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And I'm dogmatic about it. And Jesus was too, and God is too. Ain't no way you can get to heaven unless you come by Jesus. Cross speaks to every man in this building, every woman in this building. Speaks to the man about their sin, about their need. Speaks to the man about God's love and about his mercy. The cross speaks to the eternal God saying, debt paid, satisfied. Demand justice, Jesus said, pour it on me. He said, I'll take it, let Michael go free. I'll take it, let Bill go free. I'll take everything that he's ever done, everything he's ever thought, things he don't even want his wife to know, things that Brother Greg don't want nobody else to know, things that he just rolled over in his mind. I'll take it from Brother Tony, and I'll go, I'll bear your sins. Oh, oh my. I don't know how we stay so calm. I'm telling you, hey, man, thank God. Hey man. He was so much God that he was not able to sin, but so much of a man, not just any man, but so much of a man that he was not able to sin. Hey, y'all listen to me. He was so much God that he was not able to sin, and so much man that he was not able to sin. He took upon himself sin without becoming a sinner. <laughs> he wasn't just a teacher. He's not just, hey, man. He ain't just a prophet. Is everybody okay? I'm fixing to start quoting that crazy thing. I don't even want to quote the Koran in this house. But I don't care if they believe he's a teacher. So what? I believe Confucius was a teacher. He can't save nobody. Is everybody okay? You got to get saved. 
You got to repent. Jesus is the only way for you to go to heaven. He's God manifest in flesh, Mr. Mormon. Hey man, hey man, if you're a Mormon in the building, you gotta admit he was God in the flesh or you're gonna die and go to hell. Is everybody okay? I'm preaching today, amen. I'm preaching today, amen. So I ain't gonna change my mind, amen. It's a, it's a vicarious death. It was a vicious death, but it was a victorious death, amen. He died, look at the paradoxes in this verse, that first Peter verse. He died so that we could live. He died, we died with him, dead to sin. Ain't that what it said? We died with him, dead to sin. He was innocent, we was guilty. He was wounded, amen, we're healed. <laughs> Every need provided, amen, hallelujah. Adam, thank God, listen, think about it. Adam was a thief, amen, and through eating of the tree was, was turned, eating of the tree was turned out of paradise. And remember, remember what Jesus said? He said, the only time Jesus used the word paradise was the day he was dying at Calvary. It's the only time you find it in your Bible. The only time Jesus used it, hey man, was in that position when he looked at that man, hey man, and said, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. He was showing us the first tree that man messed up on, there was a thief involved that got him kicked out of paradise. But this tree, hey man, hey man, there's three thieves. Now don't cut me off. There's two thieves, but the one in the middle the Bible said he's going to come back like a thief. He robbed the devil of another soul. Hell of another tenant. Somebody say amen. Woo! Y'all listen to me. And he looked at that man and said, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Linking the two trees. Showing us what was messed up at that tree. I fixed it up at this tree. I, I don't know. Hey man, I, I'm just glad I got it. Amen. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord my soul. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. I couldn't fix it up. Your mama couldn't fix it up. AA can't fix it. Double A, NA, they can't fix it. It ain't 12 step, three step, seven. It's one step toward Jesus. He'll save your soul. I say hallelujah. He said he still, he still makes people a new creature. And then there's another tree in Psalms 1. Brother Child's already preached about it. So I, all I got to do is remind you. He said... The saved man like a tree. He said he's planted by the rivers of water. He said he don't sit, stand, or walk where sinners are. That, that tree is a separated tree. Amen. Separated by the word of God. But what he loves is the Bible. But then he's situated tree. He's down there by the river. The water of God, the Holy Ghost. He's down there by the services. He's involved in what's going on on the kingdom of God. And so it don't matter how bad the world is. It don't matter COVID-19, the veering of COVID-19. It don't matter if wars break out. And with this crazy, crazy, I started saying nut. 
he is the president by cheating. Somebody say amen. But anyway, he, by this guy, we might be in more war for it's over. But no matter what chaos goes on around us, no matter what conflict goes on around us, no matter how cat- catastrophe starts, can I just remind you, in the middle of it all, that thank God we don't have to let our leaves wither and we can still produce fruit. Why? Because we're separated from this world and we're situated by the word of God. I say hallelujah, amen. Hey man, we've got stability. We've got substance. We've got satisfaction. We've got success. We will never, there'll never be a time when God won't let the church be fruitful until he takes us out of here. We're not going down, we're going up, ain't we? Amen. Hallelujah. That's exactly right. Let me say this in closing. If you might be a sinful man behind the tree, he had trying to cover up Make excuse, hide. He knows everything about you. He'll come looking for you and call your name. Maybe you're, you've heard testimony from somebody else. Maybe conviction. You're a searching man. Maybe you're up the tree, that tree of conviction. Maybe you feel like you don't think you're too far gone. You're a traitor. You're a con. You're a con. Nobody would want me. But it, uh, just stay right there because Jesus will come after you. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. I'm reminded of that story. We're so... For us to get... He said in Psalms he became a worm for us. And I won't... I can't stay there on that toe worm because I'll be here another 30 minutes. But Jesus said I be- he become a worm. We, according to the Bible, we are worms. The only way to get worms in a dead carcass, there has to be a transformation. The only way to get those worms, because generation of worms have, has grew up around decay. They're in decay, they're around decay, they're used to the decay, that's their home, they're safe from the decay. But if somebody becomes a worm and shows the worm, you don't have to stay in decay, you can have life. You can become a creature of the air. You can be transformed. Jesus came that we might be transformed. He became man, took all of our sin, nailed it to the cross of Calvary. At the cross of Calvary, there's five nails. There's three for the Savior, one in each hand, one in the feet. Him dying as your Savior. There's one that declares him as sovereign, holds that sign, behold the King of the Jews. And then there's one that declares he's the substitute. Colossians says, it's an invisible one, said he took our sin and nailed it to the cross. Your debt's paid. That's what they did in the old days when somebody paid your debt. They went to the pole, nailed it, and said, paid in full. Listen, sinner, if God, the good news is he's still saving souls. Maybe, maybe you need to go by Calvary to be reminded about that, what that sinless man did. Or maybe you need to be like that one planted by the river, that saint that's like a tree or separated from the world. We're saturated by the word of God and we're situated by the waters.
I said, preacher, I just don't know. Sister, you come. I come across this recipe for a, a growing, purpose-filled, purpose powerful Christian life. You don't have to write it down, but I hope you remember what I'm fixing to tell you. Who in here has a garden? Lift your hand. If you got time to have a garden. Most people ain't got time to have a garden this time of year. Been burned up. But if you ever want to plant a good garden that's going to help you spiritually, here's what you need to plant in it. You need to plant five rows of peas. Preparedness, promptness, perseverance, politeness, and prayer. Then you need to plant about three rows of squash. Squash all the gossip. Squash all the criticism. And squash the indifference in your life. And then you need to have about five, low, uh, five rows of lettuce. Let us be faithful. Let us be unselfish. Let us be loyal. Let us be loving one another. And let us be truthful. But they, you can't really have a garden without turnips. Got to have turnips. And if you're going to have a spiritual garden that's going to produce power and peace in your heart, you don't just need these peas and squash and lettuce. You need some turnips. You need to turn up at church. You need to turn up with a smile. You need to turn up with a new idea how you can serve God. And you need to turn up with diligence and determination. I remember being in the army right before she plays. And when we was blowing up troops, man, it's the best thing about being in a training program. You can use them artillery simulators to fake blow people up. It is fun. Rattles the ground. I mean, it shake this whole building. Especially when you tie two of them together. That was real fun. So we was in the middle of blowing folks up. And we told them this. When you get ambushed, that ain't a time to retreat. Get out of the ambush side. If they've got the roadblock, there ain't no way. Find some other way, but don't just sit there and be killed. Do something. So that's what, what we did. And see, what happens most of the time, people get so scared. They get so tore up and disoriented. They end up dying. And so in training, you're getting them ready. So when they're in that real event, they don't sit there and die. You know what God wants us to do? Every single one in here is going to be ambushed tomorrow. Sometime next week. Devil's going to come at you with some. Probably some of it before you get to the car. And when that ambush happens, don't just sit there, rise up. Turn up at church again. Turn up reading your Bible. Turn up in your prayer closet. I mean, keep praying, but let us go on and serve God. Amen. I mean, let's don't quit. We Be that Christian like a tree. Be that saint. Hey, man, like them Chinese bamboo trees. Like them Chinese bamboo trees. And some of y'all may feel like that. They, for five years, they don't grow at all. Some of y'all feel like, well, I'm doing everything right. I, I'm going to, I, I'm reading my Bible. I'm praying. I'm coming to church. I'm tithing. And I'm stagnant. But after five years, that next year, it grows 80 to 90 feet in one year. You just got to stick with it. Be the saint like a tree.
Don't be some little old lob lolly. First wind happens, you'd get knocked over. Be one of them willow trees. Be one of them roots is as deep, amen, as they are. I mean, it don't matter what happens, they are still waving, amen, the wind blowing. Be a tree planted by the river of water. While everybody else is quitting and have no fruit to show they're saved, you keep planting your garden. Keep doing what you're supposed to do. Be that tree. Let's all stand heads bowed. I wonder if you're saved today, not.